Hey everyone, this is Aaron. I will be taking a vacation, at least from podcasting for a while. I hope you enjoy these rebroadcast episodes from our Hall of Fame archives. You know, we started this podcast because so many black belts and green belts, what I was finding is they get out of their training, they're really overwhelmed with the information, and they're just kind of like left a little bit empty, wondering, okay, what's next? Chances are many organizations that have just started the program don't have that flexibility or luxury of having a mentor kind of reinforces or gives some how do you say, confirmation to, hey, what I'm hearing or what I'm doing actually makes sense, or this is what I'm struggling with, and that's common, so that's fine. So that's why you and I are here each week to be their regular coaches. So we're going to continue to support all of you guys who are listening so long as you continue to support us. We really appreciate you joining us on our journey. Tell your friends and colleagues all about us. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review to help us reach more Lean Six Sigma and quality professionals. You can search for eSuccess Methods Podcast in the search field on iTunes, or you can find us under the business and career section. And uh, by all means, keep listening. We have lots more coming. And if you ever have feedback or ever have some comments or even if you need a quick coaching tip, feel free to reach out on our website, eSuccessMethods.com. Welcome to the eSuccess Methods Podcast with Jacob and Aaron, your source for expert advice on Lean, Six Sigma, and performance improvement methods. In this episode number 34... Fifty Shades of Black Part 2, we continue our discussion over Lean Six Sigma commoditization and how to cut through the gray area. Seriously, will the real black belt please... Oh, there you are. So there's another thing that changed and that it used to be that when your company was paying for it, the company chose its high performers and who to send off to these things. So they were already only investing in the people who are most likely to succeed. Now that that's been just essentially fully democratized and there's almost an infinite number of certification bodies or um, training organizations, people who just want it can go and they don't need to be selected by their business leaders based on their performance. So they could be just resume building people or they could actually be people who are really into this and are pushing for their own career. But at the same time, you're getting more and more people who actually do not have practical experience, say, right out of college who are taking these exams and um, certifying for Lean Six Sigma black belt and green belt straight out of college when they've actually never really worked in industry. So what do we do? So not all green belts, not all black belt candidates are created equally. So the difference is in their performance. How do we do that? Well, you know, I think as somebody who is going to, if you're going to hire somebody or if you're going to evaluate somebody, the the only clear way you can get behind that is by looking into the details of what they're saying they did or how they went about doing mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, unless you screen very clearly and ask the appropriate questions and, and in some cases ask pinpointed questions because, you know, some of these concepts are are great concepts that people can talk to. Mm-hmm. But when you go and dive into the details, that's when you clean clearly see, does the person know what they're talking about or are they just talking jargon or some sort of definitions that they learned overall and they couldn't back it up with experience and you know practical mm-hmm. knowledge from mm-hmm. that. And then the other way I would think about is also you know question them on the results. And, and one of the things I've been learning more and more is, you know, I... Results do matter for the business to see at the end of the day what is the result, but I think it's the journey to getting to that result is what also matters. Did you choose the shortest path or the easiest path, or did you make the right decisions to get there? 
if you didn't, what did you learn from that? And, you know, those kind of questions is what's going to get you to, is this person really know what they're talking about? Right. They're, they are behavioral based questions. And these are the types of questions you really want to be asking anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I ask them when I'm screening a candidate, I ask them specifically, I give them a scenario. Here's the situation. Walk me through the process, how you would go about solving this. And I'm going to judge them based off of the answers they give me. And usually the answer is not, well, I would just do this, this, and this, and the problem would be solved. That is not the answer I'm looking for. I'm looking for a process of how they're going to engage other people and how they're going to go about starting this process of solving. So you got to do some testing, not necessarily written testing, because they've already learned how to figure that out. Mm -hmm. They can tell you what a SIPOC is and what DMAIC is, and those those are the things that you get on a, a certification exam, which is of almost no value, in practical value to your organization when you're trying to hire a black belt. You may all consider hiring somebody if you if you do not have the knowledge to know how to screen a black belt or such. You may consider hiring a consultant or a, a recruiter who does know how to screen for those abilities and can see through what is just a resume builder and what does a certain person know. Now, I've been given questions like, how many Kaizens have you run? That is not a good question. It doesn't matter how many Kaizens I have run. How and many... And I was going to say, what's your answer for that, you know? <laughs> yeah, because... I was like, oh, yeah, I, uh, uh, at least a dozen. You know, who? A, who's counting? And... That's exactly <laughs> my point. I, I don't think I've ever kept track of how many projects I supported or how many mm -hmm. Kaizans I ran. You know, that's really not relevant. M maybe it is. I should be. But in my opinion, I honestly don't know. <laughs> you know? Right. Ask me what my results were, not how many. Exactly. not how many I started. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, uh, in, in another good question, you know, I might be diverging on topic, but is how many did you fail on? Because that's also actually a true thing that happens. You know, not right. all projects are successful. And I, we've, we've referred to that earlier, but, you know, it's how many have you failed and have you diagnosed why did you fail? Because right. that's a great question. <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's, there's a lot of opportunity to learn about somebody in behavioral questions and a lot of Modern interviews don't do well with that. All right. So say you're not looking for a green belt or black belt candidate from outside your company to bring in. Say you're looking to create a program within and you want to know about a green belt or black belt training or certification program that are that is out there. I'll just say not all of them are created equal. They many have similar quote unquote certification criteria, but they don't. They do not necessarily all coach the same way. They do certainly don't all teach the same way. There's a, a very large gap between online learning programs and in-person training programs, which you can, you know, I I'm and just let me get my biases out here. I am all for in-person training programs. I I think that the person-to-person -person cannot be beat. On the other hand. It is more expensive. It is probably at least double the cost to train a black belt in such a way. But they get the face-to-face. -face, they get the, the the practical experience. They get the uh, camaraderie with an actual class. And usually there's a level of coaching that you wouldn't get in another 
form of training. Yeah, I mean, it, the interaction, you know, I think that's the most critical part because, you know, when you're listening to an online version or when you're listening, when you're reading a book, you know, you you are just assuming that what that discussion is saying or what that's going on is is the Bible or is the truth. Right. You don't you don't get to reason with it. You don't get to think through your thoughts and counter that. And those are kind of the advantages that you can have when you're doing an in-person or a live sort of a, a training. And, you know, some of the questions that the others ask in this training class might be eye-opening in a different angle or a different thought. And, that, right. and, and the answers to that can be clarifications or validations on what, what forms your thoughts or minds on that. Right. So, so it's just a little bit too theoretical and academic and not enough real-world you know, it depends sort of answer, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, it, you know, like you were saying, you know, most of the training programs have similar criteria. You know, they say that you have to clear an exam with X amount of score. Mm-hmm. You have to show about two projects that you were completed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, those are some of the main criteria that you're seeing. And you probably need to get a certification or a signed document from your manager or someone to say, yes, you did meet the criteria or mm-hmm. yes, you are an active participant. You know, those are some of the standard requirements you're going to see no matter what. Right. But the amount you get coached, the amount you get mentored, if you ever get coached or mentored, right. you know, the time commitment that you need to complete these projects within, that can vary from organization to organization on what they would consider a criteria and then there's and then there's always a criteria who's signing off on this you know you know who signs off on a master black belt you know they say that the master black belt is the one who is capable of certifying a green belt or a black belt as a as a good enough person but what's the criteria for a master black belt Mm -hmm. who's defined Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. so it's you know it's all over the place in my opinion yeah, I agree. I know ISQ actually came up with a master black belt certification recently, and I did look into that just to be um, consistent with my ASQ black belt certification. However, it is at like $5,000 to do it, and that really? money's yeah, it's really expensive to have them look at your portfolio. It's incredibly expensive, so much that you would ask your company to sponsor you for that certification which is only valuable if you're leaving that company. <laughs> yes. So why would my company sponsor me to do that? And, you know, I, my own certification, my own company's certification and my, the proof of my knowledge has been sufficient to allow me to practice Lean Six Sigma without the ASQ stamp of Master Black Belt. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but the question is, again, how does somebody else, you know, so... Two days later, you have somebody interviewing for you. That person has, uh, you know, Aaron Spearin or Jacob Korean's uh, signature on a certificate that says Master Black or, or Black Belt. Mm-hmm. You know, who do you trust? Do you trust Aaron Spearin or do you trust Jacob Korean or do you actually trust the candidate who's sitting in front of you? Yeah, that that really really what it comes down to. You really need would need to understand the certification requirements for the particular certifying body in order to make that judgment. And so you have to be well rehearse or you could do this behavioral interviews and find out directly from that candidate what their true value is you are listening to e6s methods podcast brought to you by e6s industries join us on our website at www.e6s-methods.com journey through success
Hey, Jacob, you remember when you used to work for me? Sure. Do you happen to remember how much money you were making back then? Yeah, I do. Yeah? And yeah. how much more you're making right now? I can do the math. And uh, how about that development plan that you and I put together during that time? Definitely gave me some perspective and gave me some direction on what I need to focus on. I found that useful. So far, I have a 100% promotion success rate for those people who are willing to work hard and were willing to work with me to create a customized career development plan, the E6S Pro Career Program. Three different levels promotion and pathfinding level, which is career planning, customized improvement plans, resume refinement, and interview preparation. The next level down is targeted for those people who are they're just looking to prepare for their next move. And because it really does pain me to see unemployed professionals, I am offering a level called Help Quick, a free one-time resume review and revision for those who are unemployed and in the Lean Six Sigma quality, engineering, project management, or science fields. So for anybody who wants more details and information, these can be found at www.e6s-methods.com slash procareer. And if you're serious about career advancement, contact me through the website. You'll be glad you did. I can watch for that. I am an ASQ certified Lean Six Sigma black belt. I have taken their exams. I've gotten the... And to take their exam, you have to... You have to, on your own honor, say, yes, I have completed two projects and somebody has to sign as a witness that you've done that Mm -hmm. okay it would be very easy for me to have anybody sign to the affidavit that I've completed those two projects I wouldn't have actually had to do them because you never really have to show proof but an affidavit and some story of an outcome is all you need in order to take the exam and then Mm -hmm. to take the exam about an hour's worth of studying and you can probably pass. It is a multiple choice exam, and it is pretty high level. So much to the point that, and uh, uh, what? I wouldn't say an hour worth of studying. It is an hour worth of studying for somebody who's familiar with the concepts. Okay. If somebody yeah. doesn't have a background in statistics and doesn't have a background in industrial engineering or engineering degrees, it might be a little bit long. Let's not make it that simple, but. Yes, for somebody who has a typical background in that field, who has some knowledge in there, absolutely. It's probably not more than an hour or two of studying. Yeah, you know, I'll I'll give that to you. Um, What I will say is, in my experience, the training you are given in, the training that makes you a good black belt is not the same training that makes you able to pass the exam. They train on two different things. Like, for instance, my best black belt student ever, extremely practical knowledge, when she took the ASQ exam, she said, she failed it the first time around. She said, what in the world were these questions and what do they have to do with running a project? And I said, almost nothing, because they are canned academic questions and they are more about the program and less about the Practical usage of the tools. That's correct. And I I, I vouch for that. So she took it a second time just so she could get that certification on her resume as well. And she got it once she knew the right stuff to teach and the right stuff or the right stuff to study. And the right stuff to study is for purchase. Practice exams are for purchase. If you study those practice exams, you can probably pass the ASQ exam pretty easily. You could probably do it without even ever having a Lean Six Sigma Black Belt course. Wow. Yeah, so, you know, like we were saying, standards can be different. So somebody might some, somebody might be angry at me for saying that, but I, be, I truly believe that with a couple thousand dollars, a couple hours of uh, training time or study time, 
you can certify, you can put on your resume that you are a certified black belt. You mean a Doogie Howser MD doesn't need to go to school, right? That's what you're trying to say. What? I don't know what you mean by that. He doesn't need to study. He can just go write the exam. He's smart enough for it, doesn't he? Yeah, but but he was legit, wasn't he? (laughs) I think he did go to school. He went to med school, I think. I don't know. I thought he was just super smart. He was just really young. That's all it was? (laughs) Yes. Maybe you can take that. So what I think is really, you know, I say this as somebody who's an ASQ certified black belt, and that is my primary stamp of approval that I have on my resume. But to me, it only, because I went through that process, I understand if somebody showed me an ASQ certification on their resume, I'm going to require them to dig deeper, and I'm going to need to dig deeper to prove their worth because I know that this can be gamed because of my experience in going through it. Only thing it tells me is that somebody wanted to have it a certification on their resume. Yeah, they put the effort to getting the certification. That's what they did. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what should a hiring manager or somebody look for in a candidate? I think we've covered that. But you know, if if you were hiring somebody tomorrow, what would be some of the criteria you look for? You know, it's strange. You know, a lot of companies are putting a lot of emphasis on a person's analytical abilities, you know, their ability to mine data and to really get into the statistics and to really push for these 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 high level, I shouldn't say high level, these very detailed analytical tools of statistics. And they think that's what Six Sigma is all about. Personally, I would look for a certain level of people skills and uh, ability to lead a team, ability to manage a project, ability to push things forward in the face of adversity. And I would be willing to trade off those, essentially, people and personality type of qualities over their ability to run a true hypothesis test or to mine pages and pages of data for the small nugget of information that's going to give them a small leg up because usually projects aren't so you in my experience it the the real gains did not come from that small piece of knowledge that you gained from a little bit of data they're glaringly obvious the Pareto rule says it's there and you don't need to go into that much level of call it analysis paralysis to find it so I would trade off the, that level of analytical abilities to get somebody who knows how to lead people yeah, you know, I mean, I, I go back and forth on this. You know, I I agree with you in terms ex, some extent, but you know, at that point, then you're looking for a project manager rather than somebody with a, a skill set that can drive some of the discussions and maybe coach and mentor somebody. Because at some point, you want the black belt to be able to do that. Oh, absolutely. And and, and you know, and that's where you know I I kind of lean towards a little bit. Yeah, you definitely, and I agree. The the people management skill, the project management skill, that needs to be highest. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I feel that I wouldn't completely go for that sort of person. I would still want to have at least a weightage of maybe even 35 to 40% of being able to drive or derive some conclusions from data and yes. be able to and be able to utilize some of those. Sure. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't call it an 80-20 rule at that point where 80% is based on people skills and 20% on data. I would be more on the... 60-40? You know, 60-40, maybe 65-35 sort of range. Okay, okay. 
I think I could go. I think I could go along with that. My my bias in this is that people skills is very difficult to teach. It's kind of you brought up in it. It's part of your nurture and maybe a little bit of your nature and you know your disc model, how well you interact with people and can do that. Analytical yeah, you know, I, skills, I, I believe, are easier to teach than people skills. And, what do you think? And you know why you're saying that? Because I'm analytical. <laughs> I think it's because you're a high C. And because I have no people because skills. You're a high C. <laughs> why do you maybe say that? Say that again. I didn't say that. <laughs> what, what, what did you mean by because I'm a high C? Go ahead, finish that. No, it's exactly you know you you feel that you have that analytical skill within you and you're lacking the people skills part. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whereas I would I would bet if we have somebody with a mindset who is more people skill oriented, that person would say, "I need somebody with more of an analytical background because that's the skill that I feel they lack." Well, you're more people skill oriented. Is that how you feel about yourself? Uh, your approach sometimes. to a program, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say approach to the program. I mean, I, I, I completely agree. You know, the the hardest part in anything is in a, in a Lean Six Sigma, in any project, you know, forget Lean Six Sigma, is is the navigation of all the different project management sort of skill set. Mm-hmm. Th- that's what you need. But at some point, you need to be, you know, project management doesn't mean you just direct traffic all around. You need to know how or what each people is doing or mm-hmm. are doing to direct that traffic and guide them. And I feel that that skill is equally critical uh, along with people's skills for making a successful black belt or a green belt. Okay. So so a healthy mix. I think we'll agree on that. Yep, absolutely. Healthy mix. All right. I'm good with that. So just to recap, not all green belts and black belts are created equal. There's many shades of those colors, the different certifying bodies and the different ways of getting that credential basically create a diluted diluted sense of what it means to be a green belt or black belt or master black belt in these certifying bodies. They're not all created equal. You may have one from one company that knows far less than one from another company. And the only way to get around that is for you as the hiring manager or whoever is going to be creating this program is for you to gain some knowledge in what it means to be a good green belt or black belt and what you need from a training program to deliver not all of them are the same do not take a brand name for at face value just because it came from a an elite institution you'd be surprised the the level of training and coaching that a person receives from what you might think is a top-notch institution so don't take that at face value really really look and once you've satisfied with the certification criteria of that person or that institution then make sure you look further again into resumes and whatnot and really understand what it's going to take to be certified now this commoditization it's a it's kind of a good thing it's it's what happens when information becomes democratized the masses have more information it means that we're kind of getting to this critical mass in in some of these industries where we're being converted. We're not fighting it so much anymore. We're all being converted. And at the same time, because we are customizing our training, but we're still keeping all the same designations, it's harder to know who's who and who knows what, right? Yep. So at the end of the day, this is the reality. And if you want to make sure you're hiring the best of the best, you need to do your due diligence, uh, either in assessing training programs, 
or assessing candidates and you need to have some background knowledge yourself so that you can properly screen for the proper skills that you're looking for. Well said. Anything else, Jacob? No, that's all I can think of tonight. All right, well, thank you very much, Jacob. And thanks, Thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a good one, everyone. Thanks for listening to episode 34 of the E-Success Methods podcast. Stay tuned for episode number 35, Blended Smoothie. Ditch your old cereal demaic approach. Subscribe to past and future episodes on iTunes or stream us live on demand with Stitcher Radio. Follow us on Twitter at eSuccessIndustries. Find us on LinkedIn to join a discussion. Outlines and graphics for all shows are posted on our website, www.esuccess.com. Journey through success.